One thing that we see very evident, I think it's the first word that we have it on live on social media. Everything is happening on live. We're getting a lot of pictures, a lot of images, horrific images. And it's not only the Israelis, but also it's broadcast to the Arab world. So they can also be very close to the event and see what's going on on the ground. What's happening because of that is that we see a lot of split between their support to the Palestinian people right. in Gaza. But they, definitely there is a lot of criticism regarding what happened, the, the terror attack that happened on the, on the morning of Saturday, October 7. A lot of criticism of what we saw. That's one thing. And a lot of criticism uh, regarding, I mean, on Hamas. On what Hamas? It, it, yeah, what it's doing to the Gazans in, in, in Gaza. But it seems to me there's also support. No, there's no support. What you see on social media, there's a lot of campaign, mostly either driven by Hamas itself or by the BDS uh, group, you know, all over the, of Europe, United States, and so on. Mm. Most of the Arabs, 100% not supporting Hamas or what Hamas did. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, to put that aside, they enjoy seeing Israel weak. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like it. Yeah, they enjoy seeing, you know, the fragile, because everybody in the Arab world thought that we are very strong military-wise, security-wise. So the breaching of the security apparatus of Israel, the fact that whether it was a 1,000 uh, terrorists or 2,000 terrorists succeeds to kind of get inside the Israeli, you know, um, kind of, it's like, they succeed to enter in and did and do such a thing to the Israelis. For them, it's like maybe we had a, con- a wrong conception about Israel. Wow. Maybe they're not so strong. Maybe everybody is like telling us that, you know, the IDF is the strongest army in the Middle East. But maybe not so. Really? And you're seeing this in the discourse? I mean, I mean, the, Hamas yeah. was able to do what no Arab army has ever done to this in Exactly. Israel. So they don't support the terror attack, but mm. they enjoy watching how Israel is being defeated, mostly morally. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the fact that we are in panic, that we are becoming kind of, you know, uh, every time we try to say that we, we are very moral and we are the most moral, you know, army in the world. And such a thing making us going kind of bananas. Mm. It's like everybody's going crazy. Everybody wants to see kind of, you know, like a Dresden uh, scenario in Gaza. Do you see the differences between, let's say, Palestinian content on the social media and, let's say, other Arab countries? Yes. Uh, let's even divide it into more. There is a, it's, there is a difference between what's happening in Gaza, mm. which is absolutely on survival mode. The only thing that Gazans are uh, showing us is, one, the destruction. Mm. The fact that Israelis are you know, uh, targeting uh, women, children. Elders also, we don't have the knock on roof uh, element this time. So we see a lot of something around 280 kids, 230 women being killed in the last four uh, uh, days. So Gazans are mostly on survival mode. They're showing the devastation of Gaza from one side. They're talking about the fact that they need to save their uh, families, which means they divide their families to to different families. Mm Because they want their, uh, some, if some of the kids can survive. So they put their kids, if they have like five kids in every family, so two in every kind of, two are, are being held by the cousin, two with the father and so on. So they, they try to survive, absolutely survive mode. And document 
what's, what's going on in Gaza because nobody's broadcasting. So everybody's focusing on Israel this moment. So they want to show the world also what the Gazan is going through. So that's the Gazans. But before uh, now, we move on to something else, yeah. how, uh, I'm surprised that they're able to get even technically the messages out. Is there not some sort of censorship or any kind of blocking of uh, radio waves or something? Uh, first of all, there's no electricity at the moment mm-hmm. in Gaza, but they do have generators still. Mm-hmm. So they try, you can see even on, on, on fridge radar, on cars, they're just um, kind of connecting their phone to whatever they can. Uh, they have batteries. Some of them have batteries. I don't know mm-hmm. how long it's going to continue if we're going to continue the blockage of electricity and, and food and water. But for now, there are still some signals coming out of Gaza. Mm-hmm. And you have reporters. You have report, you know, foreign reporters that's faking pictures and stuff like that. They, they try as much as they can on the three, four hours that's still left in Gaza uh, to, to kind of charge their phone as much as they can in order to, to put the pictures out to the world. Okay. Okay, so that's the Palestinian in Gaza. Then you have the Palestinian in the West Bank or Palestinian mostly in Jordan. So Jordan, it, maybe it's the only Arab state that you can see uh, solidarity and process still in the streets supporting Gaza. You don't see it in any other Arab countries, and we need to say that. I'm surprised. Yeah. No, I I can tell you in the last three, four years, we don't see the Arab solidarity is dead. Mm. The only place we still see solidarity is on Twitter, (laughs) (laughs) the viral kind of square. But you don't see it in the squares of Tahrir in Iraq. You don't see it in Raid Suluk in Beirut, and you don't see it, you know, in... uh, Manama or in Riyadh uh, or, or whatever, Egypt, even in Egypt, you don't see solidarity marches in Egypt. You still see it in Janine, in, in, in Nablus, in uh, Tulkarem, and you see it in Amman. Wherever you have Palestinian, physically Palestinian living, so you can still see, or by the way, in Europe. In Europe. What about the... Palestinians live in Europe. You can still see solidarity in the BDS groups and so on. And if you listen to them, you would think that everybody is supporting Hamas and (laughs) other things. But other than that, yeah. Well, Rita, what about the Israeli Arabs? How how are they uh, on the social media? Fear. Fear, more. Fear, Everybody is so afraid that, uh, you know, the Jewish terrorism will raise its head because there's a lot of campaign of kind of Baruch Goldstein was right and stuff like that. A lot of, you know, when we have kind of those uh, calls for revenge, it's not coming only from the Palestinians. It's mm-hmm. also coming from the settlers and so on. They see, you know, everybody, all of us are exposed to the horrific videos coming from, you know, the south of Israel, from Be'eri, uh, the corpse, the kidnap, the children, everything. And there's a lot of calls on social media to get revenge. People get armed and get revenge. You need, we need to go to the mosque and kill them all. Mm. And they're so much afraid. Uh, uh, one thing from that, from kind of individual campaign of, you know, of revenge. And also when you have Ben Gvir's calling to everybody, you know, telling everybody that his scenario is you know, what we saw, you know, before um, in the, um, you know, in the city, in the cities where we have Arabs and, and Jews, uh, they're afraid that people will translate it into that, like a, a real kind of current um, threat on them, that it's something that's really happening. That the Arabs are, you know, the, far, the fifth column and they will come, you know, they, they listen to the call of Hamas, Abu Abaydah, and to the Islamic Jihad, and they will decide to take revenge in the streets of Israel. 
Wow. Yeah. So, so there's yeah. not like, I mean, I know the Hamas has called for Israeli Arabs and West Bank Palestinians to join them. Everybody to join. And we don't see that mm, happening until now. We don't see that happening until now. We still see individual, you know, young Palestinians in the West Bank and in Jerusalem, you know, throwing stones and stuff like that. But we don't see a mass, you know, kind of the intifada that they would like to see. No, we don't no. see the masses. Well, now, Orit, as, as this wears on, we're in the day five, I think. Um, how is yeah. this? Is it changing at all? Uh, we, I, I mean, we don't see changes until mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we're going to see invade into, you know, invasion into into Gaza, if the, you know, the part of um, so it's kind of um, the target killing will start. Right. More specific, maybe we'll see it. But until now, uh, everybody was used to see what we see now in Gaza. Maybe it's more, you know, more uh, intensive and so on. But the pictures that we see now from Gaza are familiar to the Palestinians. It's not dramatically something changed, you know, than what we saw in the past. Um, a little bit more numbers. More buildings are being destroyed and so on, but it's a little bit more of what we know. Exactly. Hasn't, nothing's exactly. really changed. Exactly. So unless we're going to see, I don't know what's going on, what's planning ahead, but if we're going to see invasion, troops and boots on the ground, target killings, there might be a change, not only within the Palestinians, but also maybe in the north of Israel. So that's different story. I'll tell you one more thing. Okay. So we talk about a little bit about the Palestinians. We talk about the Palestinians in Gaza and the Israeli Arabs. Uh, another thing that's extremely interesting is the Arabs in the Gulf, in the GCC, in the Gulf states. They put all the blame on Iran, narrative-wise. It's all Iran behind it. They want to connect. It's not only the government of Israel, but also the GCC wants to connect this event into Iran. And they say, they don't call it ISIS and so on, uh, they don't dehumanize the Palestinians, as we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what they try to do is to say Iran wants to sabotage the normalization uh, process between Israel and Saudi. They want to kill it, the, this opportunity, because we have maybe four months of opportunity and, uh, until the, you know, the race for the presidency in Washington starts. Right. So we have like four months still to promote this uh, tunnel. Um kind of normalization between Israel and and, and, uh, and and Saudi. And they believe Iran did it and, and pushed the Palestinians to do it now uh, in order to kill this opportunity. Is there any fear about Hezbollah and war in Lebanon? And, uh, definitely. Yes. Definitely. I, to my opinion, personally, I don't think it's an if. I think that it will happen, but depends on the range of what they, they decide to act upon. They said, Hezbollah said, declared. You know, it's in, in the level of declaration. We don't know if they're going to act on it, but they decided, they gave two red lines. They said invasion into Gaza is a red line. They draw it. And the second red line, they said we we cannot allow the elimination of Hamas. Oh, they say that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. They gave two declarations. That was the declaration. But other analysts are saying that uh, uh, Iran doesn't want to waste Hezbollah on the Palestinians. We had perception, and it was killed. <laughs> <laughs> when, Hamas, when Hamas entered and, and had the 9-11 event, I think we need to be a little bit more careful mm-hmm. of predicting what Iran wants or what Hezbollah intend to do. Right. I'm from the group who thinks that Hezbollah doesn't want a, a huge war with Israel, a wild war with Israel. I do think that for the Iranian, they also don't want a, a, like a, a wild war with Israel because they know that now we are divided. 
They know that a big war can, you know, unite us. So it's not for their interest. Also, yes, we do know that Lebanon uh, situation is horrific <laughs> without us. I mean, it's almost a non-state uh, at the moment. Its economy is completely destroyed and collapsed. So everybody, you know, is saying Hezbollah doesn't want to destroy Lebanon. I mean, it's still a Lebanese actor, not only Iranian proxy. Uh, so I agree with all of that. But I think uh, they have a strategy. It started like almost three years ago. Every Ramadan we saw it. The kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the unite the fronts again, Israel. Um, and between, uh, you know, a, ho- a whole range of war and operation, we still have a room in between. So I can tell you that my predict it's only a matter of my prediction that we're going to see them more and more in. It can start as we see we, what we see in the last three days. Right. A little bit of a little bit of rockets, a little bit of uh, you know, pro, pro kind of provocative acts on the on the border. And we also remember we need to remember we have the Palestinian faction in South Lebanon and we have Hezbollah. It's two different things. Even though the Palestinian faction cannot act without the green light of Hezbollah, it's still we divide it between the Palestinian faction and Hezbollah. I think. To my opinion, and that's only my opinion, if we're going to see uh, um, not a full range of invasion, but like a small invasion to create maybe a buffer zone and a few commando acts inside Gaza, I think we might see only ra- rockets on the north of Israel. If we're going to see, uh, uh, even though Netanyahu didn't put it as a goal, uh, the collapse of Hamas and so on, he wants to take care of the ability, the military ability right. of Hamas. So, but if they'll go, if we decide along the way to eliminate Hamas, uh, to try to eliminate Hamas, even though I don't think it's, uh, it's an option, uh, because Hamas is kind of... It's an ideology. Yeah, exactly. It's in the heart of people. Right. You, we have 50,000 Hamas members today. Tomorrow we're going to have another 50,000. And as long as it's in the heart of Palestinians, they will, rec- you know, even if we kill everybody, um, they'll still, you know, in five years they're going to have the weapons and so on. So, we- uh yeah. Let me ask you one final question. I mean, yeah. the Americans are, are, you know, flexing their muscles. They're sending aircraft yeah. carriers here. Uh, President yeah. Biden had a statement did. yesterday. Never it, in the past. Yeah. How, how is that being reflected in the Arab discourse? Uh, I think they, they what, I'll tell you what I think. It's signal, and I'll tell you what the Arab world think about it. Yes. They think that it's uh, in order to deterrence Iran and Hezbollah, to leave the north uh, outside of the war, leave it only to the Gazan and Hamas. It's like the United States. State shielding Israel. They're putting like a buffer in order for Israel because Israel is going now like a you know, buffoon now. We all, all, I mean, we are, we, want, we seek revenge uh, and so on. So the United States is afraid that Israel will forget about miscalculation but will act even, you know, in the north, maybe against Iran, maybe against Assad. And we, we still we need, we need to remember that the United States have assets in Syria, in Iraq, in Lebanon. And it can, and and they have kidnapped, you know, American citizens in Gaza at the moment. So they know that if Israel will go away or do something unpredictable, it can the revenge can be also being against the United States bases in the Middle East. So they try to prevent it by sending the aircraft and signaling Iran and Hezbollah stay away. It's not your war. Stay away from it. So that's how the Arabs translate it.